We're going to start out in a word of prayer. Um, if you guys have older kids that you want, you can go to the gym, or we have some college students and people in the library. If you want your kids to go to the library, that's fine. Or they can stay here. We're not going to talk about anything that's over dramatic or anything. So, so let's go to God in prayer, then we're going to start. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this time we have together. I do pray that you help us all to, to learn to communicate, learn to be the best parents we can be, and to be grateful for the blessings and the gifts of children that you've given us. Uh, God, there are so many people in the world that can't even have kids, and yet you've blessed us multiple times, many of us. And I pray that you just continue to bless us and help us to do all we can to help them on their journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know last time we did a... In the marriage workshop, not this one, uh, a lesson on uh, style matters. Remember, we filled out that survey. I have some extra ones, so if somebody wanted some, and then one thing that we did is uh, I filled it out for Lauren, what I thought about these answers for her, and she filled it out for me. Because it's one thing to, to think what we think, but it's another thing. So if you want them, there's several up here later. Don't worry about it. Well, I just thought we'd go through a, I have a lesson for us here today, and then we can kind of have some question and answer if you want. Um, I don't know. I guess everybody thought the weather's warm, so I'm just going to stay at home or something. But uh, like those commercials, you can never take a day off of parenting. Whether you're sick or whatever, you just cannot. So anyway, we're just going to be ahead of the game. Should I pass those out and look at it at the top or just... I don't care. What do you think? You tell me. You're the wise man. You and your two brothers were with Jesus when he was born. Okay, let's pass the mic. This is the outline for what we're going to talk about today. Um, they're not in Spanish. I did send them in, though. I haven't got them translated back yet. So I'm working on that. Right, Sweat? So there's proof. I'm working on it. I guess it's just harder to translate it than what it looks. So, but this is the outline in English for us all. You gotta give me time. I'm working on this thing. I'm still learning. We had a great marriage retreat. I did a marriage retreat for Westchester, and uh, some of the Bronx folks were there. Good marriage retreat for you guys. I saw your boy over there playing basketball with his friends. Okay, so today I just want to talk about some things here. Uh, honestly, when I, you know, I got married, we thought about having kids. I had these preconceived notions of what my kids were going to be like when they grow up. In my mind, I saw myself sitting at the Super Bowl in the stands, and my son's going to run up and hand me the football, the TV's going to be all on it, and saw myself at the AMA Awards watching my daughter perform, and I had all these thoughts and visions for what my children were going to be like. So in my mind, I started raising them in that way, what I thought they were going to be like. And my girls are so different than me. It's amazing. But the thing about it is the things that make them different than me are things that I really admire and appreciate about them. I appreciate how they're different and how they're uh, more uh, outgoing in different ways. Uh, one daughter is trilingual, English, Spanish, and French. You know, and the other, I mean, there's things about them that are so different that it is inspiring to me. But I had to realize I can't force my dreams for my kids on them because God has given them a whole different destiny in life. So no matter what age your kid is, little baby, older, 
we got to remember, God has given them a specific destiny to go down. And it's different than yours. It's different than mine. So the first point I want to talk about for us today, the first thing is you have to raise the child you have, not the child you want. That is very, very important. Raise the child you have, not the child that you want. You know, in the season of parenting little ones, uh, Again, I was trying to get my kids to be the vision that I had for them. But in reality, God's design was totally different. And God doesn't make mistakes. He didn't make a mistake in creating my kid. He didn't make a mistake when he helped my kid to be born deaf. When she was born and she lost her hearing two months later. That wasn't a mistake. Because, you know, one of the things that, that came out of that, I don't know if I share that with you guys, is that she had one cochlear and the insurance company would not let her have another one. And they actually told me and my wife to our face, their representative, that one ear is good enough, and she doesn't need to have two. And so we said, well, we're just going to take you to court. And we went to court with them for almost three years to get them to pay for the second cochlear implant. And uh, we went to court. We actually won the trial. We won the court case against them. And so because of that, they had to change all the laws in America. And now any kid that has one cochlear automatically has to be insured for the second. Amen. And it's in the law books even now. Hooks versus, I can't tell you the insurance company name, but Hooks versus them. And now, and and this is one thing I tell my daughter all the time. You realize what you did changed the law for the entire United States. Amen. You have desperately changed children's lives forever because now they can all have two. The insurance companies have to give them two. Because once one of them did it, all of them have to do it. And so each child has their own destiny to do. Own destiny to perform. And and, in the parenting thing, uh, you know, I I talk a lot about Lauren. She's, She's just the total opposite of me. I'm just all in your face. She's very sensitive. She's very loving. I'm loving, but I'm different kind of loving. And I was just like, she's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. She's just got a you know, ear infection and all this stuff. But she kept pushing, taking her to the doctor. And these doctors aren't doing right and whatever. And because of that, we found out she's deaf. And this is what occurred uh, that changed everything in the United States. So it's, it's an important thing that we see the differences our children are from us, but also our spouses are different. And we need that difference in them to help bring about the destiny that God has in store for each of our children. But none of us know exactly how God is planning to use our kids or how he's equipping them for the future. See, that trait they have now that we may look at as as challenging may turn out to be the very blessing that they need. They may have a, you know, my daughter got cut from the volleyball team, the basketball team, the soccer team. I mean, I went to watch her play volleyball, and you know, I'm kind of athletic. And I'm watching her, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to leave the gym. I can't even watch how horrible she is. She is not an athlete at all. (laughs) That's just where she's at. And she came out and she was like, I don't want to play anything. And I'm like, okay, we'll find something else that you enjoy. Then she went into the languages. And she picked up the language. She started doing violent. I mean, she does all these other things. But I realized I was trying to force her in the sports. And that just was not her destiny. But when she found her, her niche... It was a whole nother world. So I just want to encourage you, your, your children, 
I don't say this in a mean way, but they're different, but they're God different. They're not different in a weird way. That's just how God designed them. So you have to raise the child you have, not the child that you want in that sense. Now, I know we want them to be godly and spiritual. That's not what I'm talking about. But we can't raise them to be our dreams filled out later on. You know, I think about a girl who doesn't make the basketball team three years in a row. May become a great rock star entrepreneur because of those failures building her character in a certain way. I've seen boys that have a speech impediment over and over and over. And yet they had to work so hard just to be able to just pass their normal grades. But that work ethic ended up leading them to being high executives in corporations. We have to look and see, you know, Michael Jordan got cut from his basketball team. And look, greatest basketball player ever. I mean, uh, President Obama, his mother, interracial marriage, she was born in Kansas. And he's the president of the United States. I mean, there are so many different things. I got cut from my football team in sixth grade. Nebraska is football crazy. Sixth grade, you're never supposed to cut a kid. You know, nowadays, they give you a trophy. We got cut back then. You were too slow and too small. You can't play. So I didn't get to play. But that ticked me off so bad, I started working out and doing things on my own. And it allowed me, once I started playing again, three years later, I was a starter for the rest of my life. Challenges that our kids go through is building God's destiny for them now. And this is what I want you to think about. Because honestly, probably the biggest thing I can encourage you with in parenting, parenting is about studying your child and becoming a master of whatever your child is. So we have to look at them. we got to figure out their interactions, figure out their desires, and realize, you know what? I need to be a student of my child in order to help them reach their God-given destiny. It takes a whole lot of different kind of people to make the world go around. We need some quirky people. We need some outspoken people. We need some loud people. You're in New York. You know there's some of everything that goes on. You think about Bill, uh, Steve Jobs. I'm sure they called him nerd in school time and time again. And look at how he impacted things. Was it Mark Zuckerberg or something like that? Had no friends. He creates Facebook. Look at because he needed a friend. And so <laughs> look at what happened. You never know what God's going to do with your child. So the important thing is remember, you have to look and study your child and not force them into what you think they should do, but let them be who they are and you just develop who they are. That's going to make you happy and them very happy as well. We need social butterflies. We need fire people. I mean, basically, we need some of everything. So when you look at your child, you need to look at them and realize they are a difference maker. Every child is a difference maker. They're going to make a difference in the world. It's up to us to study our children and give them what they need to develop into being that difference maker. That's the first thing I want to encourage you. Raise the child you have, not the child you want. Now, you say, well, I'm just going through a lot with my child. You don't understand all the pressure, all the stress. I do understand. I mean, we raise a special needs child. I understand those things. But my second point is for this. Four simple words that I've learned to live with. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. In the moment when life feels like it's a big blur, 
and you got that crying newborn baby, John, just remember, this too will pass. They're not going to cry and keep you up all night forever. It's going to pass. You got that nine-year-old in the doctor's office, start coming all out, crying, can't understand. This will pass. You understand, when they go into the store and they're trying to be in their terrible twos, you deal with the terrible twos, there'll never be a terrible threes. But this too will pass. Become a middle schooler and start trying to find themselves and want independence, this too will pass. High schooler is going to pass. College going to pass. Out of college, it's still, all these things are going to pass. Every situation you're going through, this too shall pass. That being said, we need to understand, we need to have an immense love for our children in each stage of their lives. And this is so important, because those sweetest moments we have, you know, everybody want to grab uh, John and Yahira's baby right now, because it's just like this little big, big, just marshmallow, this Suck that little baby up. We all remember what that was like with our own kids. We love it, especially when you give them back. You do it, they poop on themselves, you give them back, John. Here you go. But you know what? That stage is going to pass. Ladies, you're going to get to where your daughter wants to be the woman of the house. You're going to have those battles. This too will pass. All these stages are going to pass. So you just have to persevere, you have to stay strong, and have to remember God has a destiny for them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 5 through 9. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. It says, What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants to whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it. But God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. What does this say to us? This says we will go through seasons with our children. That's what I mean when it says all this will pass. But here's the thing. Don't expect to reap until it's reaping season. Sometimes, what I mean by that, sometimes we have expectations for our children that they have not blossomed into yet. In other words, we want them to be at this place, but yet, where it's all fulfilled, but yet they're still at the seed place, and they need watering, and they need growing. But we can't look at them and expect that, well, you should know by now, this is how you need to be, you need to grow up, we don't understand. People are at different stages. Adults are at different stages. So our children go through different seasons as well. And so as we're looking at our kids, you just got to remember, this, this is the season I'm in right now. Maybe you're in the planting season. John, they're in the planting season. All they're going to be doing is singing songs and loving up on their kid. They're teaching that baby love right now. Maybe your kid's a little older. Now you need to be teaching them how to fellowship with people. I mean, there's different seasons for different kids. So don't look at them like they're in this, this, this stage, this honorary stage. There is no honorary stage. That's a whole other season of growth for your child. This is why it's so important that we never compare our kids to other kids. Yes. Why? Because maybe one family has already planted and has been watering when you're just now starting to plant. They may be at the same age, but they may have started planting earlier than you have. But if we're comparing them, well, you're 16, look, they're 16, why aren't you getting baptized at 16? You know, that's not going to help the child. 
we got to make sure, okay, there are different seasons. We cannot expect to reap a harvest when it's actually planting time. And this is what I mean when I say we have to study our children because you have to study and realize, okay, what do I need to plant? How do I need to plant? And when should I expect growth? You know, my daughter is, uh, uh, my youngest, Grace, she's 16 and she's a freshman. Well, we held her back because of her hearing loss and we moved. So we held her back. She had to repeat second grade again. That was our choice. Her reading wasn't up to par. So we just had to hold her back until she could kind of catch up to a second grader. But now she's in school and she's older than many of the other kids in ninth grade. I mean, she's 16. They're like 14, 15. It's just different. But she's come to understand, you know what? The reason is because I had to catch up. And even now, she's still catching up in some areas of reading. So we're providing tutoring and different things. Those things are normal. Mm-hmm. But we had to sit out and explain to her, you're older because we held you back so you can catch up in reading. See, that's, what's the, that's the watering. You planted the seed. We held her back. The watering is explaining so she can understand why things are different than her and other people. But we can't just look at them and say, well, look at them. They're doing this. This is where you should be. We have to look at ourselves and say, you know what, let me think. Maybe I need to ask more questions. How do I plant? How do I water? So they can start to grow. Instead of just expecting growth without much planting and water. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. This is what sowing is. This is when I say the discipline. The discipline isn't, you know, punishing your kid, time out, or spanking. No, no, no. The discipline is on the parent's part of taking the time to invest in their kids. And I always say either you're investing or you're resting. It's one or the other when it comes to parenting. Now, we don't always have the energy to do a whole lot, but you know what? We still can invest in our kids. Sometimes we just teach our kids, uh, Lauren and I, you know, let's just sit down and let's just kind of talk through our day. How did our day go? There's not so much that I can just take a break and I don't feel like getting up and doing this and that, but you know what? Let's just talk. Because sometimes we have to teach our kids how to even talk and communicate about things. We have to look and say, okay, I have to either invest or I'm resting. And sometimes people do things, they'll give their kids items so they can rest. I bought you an Xbox for Christmas, just go play it upstairs. Just go in another room and play so I can get some rest time right now. You know, it's important that we aren't just looking for what's helping our lives to be easier, but what are we doing to help our children Produce fruit. So, your kids may be at different stages. Let me give you some suggestions. Again, I keep using John as an example because I just see your baby there with his mohawk looking all cool. At that young baby stage, you may need to think, what can I do? Again, singing songs to your children are an incredible, incredible thing to help start planting God in their lives. The best part about it is they don't know you can't sing. <laughs> it sounds great to them, whatever you say to them. But just singing songs, and, and think about this. How many times did you used to hear your mom singing songs? Your, your, your family singing songs? My mom was the only one with the church. Me and my dad didn't go to church. We were out hunting and fishing. But every time we come home, she's in there singing some church songs. I don't know what it was, but I just remember hearing her singing songs. Get right, church, and let's go home. I'm like, what are we talking about? Get right, church. 
But she was like, this is the song. Then she started telling me the words to the song. And I was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. But sometimes we can even sing songs in our church here now, and people don't even know the words. They can say the words and read it on the screen, but they're not listening to what the words even say. So it's important that we're even discussing songs with our kids at a young age. Here's the thing. You think about it. Our kids memorize and sing so many songs off the radio. They know every song and everything. Well, why not teach them some songs that are beneficial instead of the stuff they hear there? Well, what if they're a little bit older? Again, I know we may have talked about this before, but not just church songs, but reading and praying with them. Even if your child is not old enough to read, but for them to sit down and know it's time to read, and they even see the book, the Bible coming out, you're now training them that this is something in life that we do. This is something in life that goes on. So your child even listening to you, watching you read all the time, is so encouraging. My kids know uh, it's time for, I take my daughter to school, especially since all them stabbings been going on. I take her to school, but she knows just to go out to the car and wait, because dad's going to walk around the corner from his prayer walk. Every day she knows I'm going to be walking out to the car from a prayer walk to take her to school. That's just where I'm at. She don't even ask me anymore, where are you? She knows I'm out prayer walking. And so we just got to do things to train our kids now for the future. Again, these are all seeds, seeds, planting, watering. Middle school, again, singing songs, reading, praying, and then helping you with hospitality. This is something we got to encourage people to do. Hospitality and even helping your kids watch your fellowship. I used to tell my kids all the time, here, come with me. I want you to sit here while I'm talking to Mr. So-and-so. And I say that, Mr. So-and-so. I don't just say it as I'm talking to Sam. You know, this is Mr. So-and-so. Because that's how they need to see them. You ain't, you can't call them by their first name. You ain't that old. It ain't like that. It's Mr. or Mrs. or you. And so they have to see you fellowship. See you smiling. Not the fellowship like, hey, how you doing? I mean, that's not really encouraging in the fellowship. But you can always tell because, you know, kids love to hang out with each other. But if they see the parents not happy hanging out, we're going to drive that, that love out of them in their fellowship. Again, there's things for teens, character studies we talked about, and adults. Now, one thing I want to encourage us is, again, our family devotions. I'm not sure if you guys do that or what. You know, some people do, some people don't. I do encourage you to use time for family devotions. Yeah. Uh, we do ours. We have family time Sunday nights. Those are easy times, and we have a family time, and then get them prepared for school the next day. Uh, but Sunday nights, we'll sit down. Sometimes we'll talk about the lesson. What was the lesson? Let's go over that. So it doesn't always have to be something you write up. Let's just talk about the lesson or what did you learn today in your class. When my kids were younger, I would have them teach me what they were taught in Kids' Kingdom. Just kind of go through it. Tell me what it was like. If it was something really crazy... I would have a talk the next day with the King's Kingdom teaching. But this is like, what's going on? But it's important that you pick at night that you can just have, it doesn't have to be hours, really 15, 20, 30 minutes. Sit down, family devotions. Uh, I don't know about, I shared this part with you, but we'll even do some to kind of show. I'll have my girls in here to show family devotions. Um, but one of the things we do is that we, we let each, everybody takes a turn. I'll leave one, Lauren will leave one, Lily will leave one, and Grace will leave one. Even when she was like in sixth, seventh grade, she would lead the family devotion. And those got a little intense, 
Because she would always say, okay, well, Dad, what do you need to change in order to please God? And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's amazing the kind of things you'll see in these kids. They are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They have a lot of great insight. Um, but again, using our family dinners, that's so important. We would switch it up each time. So for one time, we would just say, okay, what is one thing that we need to change? You can say one thing about one person that they need to change. And that's what we focus on all week. And it's funny because both the kids always picked either me or Lauren. They didn't talk about each other. Mom needed to change this. Dad needed to change that. The next week we'll say, say one encouraging thing about the other person. And that's what we're going to focus on all week. That one encouraging word. You just decide. But family times is so important. Uh, when I grew up, family meals didn't exist. You get what you can in the refrigerator and go somewhere and eat. Thus, our family wasn't very close. But whatever it is now, I mean, even if you're sitting down watching TV together eating, just make it a time of conversation. I wanted to share these things with you here. And that's, that's what's on your outline. If you guys don't have an outline, we have an outline up here. 